Blog Talk Radio. I made it, 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 I made it,
Cause a lot of folks said that I wouldn't be here tonight But I've made it I've made it By the grace of God, yo Yes, I've made I'm still here, yo I'm still here Yes, I am I had to lay awake in the midnight hour sometimes Talking to turn Anybody ever had to lay awake all night long sometimes? I'm still here. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people we need you God to take us to another level in you Lord God we're faced with demonic forces God Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, 
Lord. We can leave with your anointing, Lord. But as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord. Because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord. Because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord. Because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. What the mercy of God can do If you knew me then You'd believe me now You turned my whole life upside down Took the old and he made it new That's just what the mercy of God now I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood I'm so glad that my freedom 
I was sitting at home on my couch. I got a knock at the door, and there was a cousin. He come in, and that's when I was introduced to freebasing, which is cocaine. Back then, it was called freebasing, and then as the years went, it turned to crack. He cooked it. He came back. We sat down. He told me to try it, and I was like, you know, I don't do that. I'm in law enforcement. I don't don't do that. I get people to do that, and then I said, I don't want any drugs. I don't want that. I just want to know why you didn't come to the funeral. I just want to know why you treated me the way you treated me. Why my son had to die. I was just all over the place. And then he fixed it up. And he wasn't even listening to what I was saying. He goes, here, try it. And I was like, I just told you I don't want to do it. And he said, it's one word. It'll ease your pain. That one little word, it'll ease your pain, made me take a hit. I never looked back. I had a happy life as a little girl, I think I could say. Um, But I was raised by my grandmother and my godmother. So I had an old soul. So I was raised by two older women. And we were very religious. Um, My grandmother was a pastor. And my godmother, she was like the mother of the church. But we had church every day because the church started in the basement of the house. So I guess... I can say I started out as a Christian girl. We were very, very uh, strict, very religious. Um, Wasn't able to wear pants and jewelry, makeup, or none of that. And, of course, being a girl, as you're growing up, you see these things and you want to do it. But I wasn't allowed to. And um, in growing up, um, I did come across some things in my life um, that I can remember at age of five um, being touched by several family members when I would go to sleep at night. And being in church growing up, I was always taught that God loves and God's this and God is that. But what I didn't understand was we would go to church, we would have a great time, and then we would come home from church, and then there was another another atmosphere. And it was me being touched as a child by three different people sometimes in one night I never knew how to tell anyone because it was more than one person so I just kept thinking that it was my fault it's something that I had did wrong and if I tell then I'm going to be in trouble so I never told I just like I said kept thinking that it was my fault I began to uh, get older, be around more men, 
and they as well touched me. It just seems like everywhere I went, everything I did, I felt that I was this bad person. I felt that I was no good for anyone. And I'm young. I'm, I wasn't even a teenager. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to be around people because I just knew that if a guy sees me, he's going to touch me. People were always taking advantage of me in that way. Now, as I'm growing up, like I said, I started around five when I remember being touched by family members. And I'm not saying this to hurt anyone in my family. I feel need to say this because my mom, she is still living, even though she didn't have me doing those days. But I don't want to say anything to hurt anyone's feeling or make anyone think that it was my fault. Well, what is she talking about? What did she do? Why didn't she say something to me? So I just want the world to know I'm not blaming anyone for this. And I'm not putting my family down for this. I'm saying this because we are living in a world where things like this is happening to us as women and men, as boys and girls. And we need to know that it's not our fault. And you need to know that God is there. I know that there were times when I would be crying and saying to God, why do you hate me? Why do I have to go through this? Why didn't I know my dad? Why is my mom not raising me? Why is it somebody else? You know, there was a lot of whys and questions that I had to ask. But being in the religion that I was in, you were told not to ask God questions. You were told not to do this and not to do that. We were told you can't be saved until you get rid of your sins. And that right there is where I got stuck. When I got to the age of, I would say around 12, I was mischievous because I was always told that God doesn't hear sinner's prayer. And you can only come to God when you get rid of all your sins. And if you don't, then you're considered a hypocrite. So I decided that I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'm just going to go ahead and do me. Even though I did grow up in church, I loved God. I was singing in church. And I remember around seven years old, I got baptized and came out the water speaking in tongues. So it's not like I didn't know who God was. I did know, but I was still too young to really know who God was. I only knew by what people told me, and I only knew by what I saw that God may did. As I got older, once I got about 12, my life began to kind of spiral down because of the fact that now I have to go live with my mom. And to go live with my mom, I'm going into a whole new atmosphere. And mind you, I didn't get no notice of going to live with my mom. It was like I came home from school one day and it was like, you're going to be with your mom. So in going there, yes, it was very hard for me because I didn't know anything but the Lord. I didn't know anything but to love and forgive and and Bible study and church and, you know, things like that. Even though those wicked things that was happening to me at the time as a child, we know how to let go and keep going. But as we get older, it's harder to let go and keep going. So I guess I'm trying to balance this out where when I got to the age of 12, 
when I say it got different and it started spiral downing because now I'm living with my mom and I was introduced to marijuana. And the first time I was introduced to it was by my mom's friend, one of my mom's friends. He got me and my little sister high. And from that day, <laughs> my life spiraled down. It did. It spiraled completely down from that first hit of marijuana. I got addicted. I wanted it every day. I liked the way it made me feel. It was soothing for my mind because I didn't have to think about those things that happened to me. I could just do whatever, you know, you smoke a joint. I feel a whole nother person. Actually, I had a whole nother personality. I was a whole nother person. And that's when I saw myself going down. I wasn't going up. I was going down because of that first joint. And people think that, oh, I smoke a joint, it'd be okay. No, it's not okay. If I could do it all over again, I promise you, I would have never stuck not one negative thing in my body. Nothing. Because it never goes away. You have to constantly stay in prayer. You have to constantly tell yourself no. You have to constantly stay away from certain things because if not, it rises up in your spirit and it'll make you want to go do it. And sometimes it comes so hard and so hard and so hard that you just go do it because you have to get that craving off of you. You don't want to feel that. You don't want to feel it. So either I'm going to go fulfill it or keep moving straight to ignore it. Do whatever I got to do to ignore it, okay? So now, like I said, I'm in my teens. Marijuana was everywhere. People were smoking. It was just something to do. And I got into it, and I was smoking and smoking and getting high and doing things and not thinking that it was going to do anything to me. Then, um, before you know it, I'm selling marijuana. Before you know it again, I get kicked out of school. And when I say kicked out, I was kicked out of all D.C. public schools for selling marijuana and fighting. Now my life is like, what are you going to do now? Because you can't go home. Your mama going to throw you out. You just got kicked out of school. What are you going to do? There was nothing else to do but to live the life that you live when you get kicked out of school. And that is do whatever it is I felt like I wanted to do. And as a teenager, I was into a lot. I started doing LSD, PCP, acid, blotters, rush, mushrooms, black beauties, um, orange sunshines, you name it, I did it. And it normally can start off with a pill, just a pill. Here, take this. It make you feel good, and you take it, and you feel good. And then before you know it, you're taking another one and another one. So doing in all this, I got the drinking, smoking, just doing whatever. And then I decided that I wasn't going to serve God anymore because being in this life that I was doing, nobody was taking advantage of me. Nobody was raping me. Nobody was was making me feel bad. Nobody wasn't taking stuff from me. So I decided that I'm going to live my life. So I started going to the library, getting books on witchcraft because I had a gift which I didn't know what it really was. I had the gift of prophecy. And when I was young, my family, my mom and them would tell me that I have a gift of prophecy. Is the Lord saying something to you? What the Lord is telling you to say to the church? I would just do what they told me to do. 
I didn't really know what that meant. I just did what they told me to do. And in doing it, I was doing something for God. And then when I realized that I don't want to serve God, because when I was young, being in the house, going to church all the time, everything hurt. I was hurt. I wasn't happy. You know, I was being treated in a way that the Bible says you shouldn't be. And I was. And then I had to smile when I was hurting. I was just becoming fake. I was becoming a person that I wasn't because I had to act like this before you so that you can accept me. Then when I ran you, I had to act like this before them so that they can accept me. So then it got to the point is I'm tired of changing. So I want to be who I want to be. And that was I wanted to be headquarters of the hell. Seriously. I was literally saying, I'm going to kick the devil out of hell. And I'm going to hell and I'm going to run it. Be careful what you say. Because in doing that, I started getting into doing all kinds of seance and just getting more and more and more into witchcraft. I wanted to see people die. I wanted to see people get crippled. I wanted to see things happen because this is what I was told can happen. So everyone that came against me with something, I will come back at them with witchcraft because I wanted to see them suffer. I wanted to see them hurting. I was evil. I had evil in me. That's it. All I can say is I had evil in me. Then it got to the point where I started being a cutter. Every time something happened, if I feel like you fuss at me, my mom, or somebody want to beat me, I feel like I was a bad person. I did this to myself, so I will go and start cutting on myself. After cutting on myself, I would do things to hurt myself because now I am in witchcraft because God wouldn't do that. So I am living a witchcraft life, and that is death. I'm walking around dead. I'm a, I'm a zombie. I'm not trying to know God. I'm not trying to know love. I'm not trying to love. I'm not trying to love all those things that we should. All I want to do is do hate, anger. I want to go out here and I want to see something happen to you because in my mind, I said it can happen. That's not good. And in doing that, my life began to go really downhill fast. Like I said, it's been in it, I guess, about three, four years. I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I decided to go back to school because I didn't want my child to say to me, you didn't finish high school, so why should I have to finish high school? And then I also didn't want anything that my mom did, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to do what she didn't do. So, unfortunately, she couldn't finish high school. Because she was pregnant with me. But I did not want to live like that. I wanted to go back now to school because I didn't want to be like my mom, you know, because I heard generational curses. So even though I was out there doing the things I was doing, I still had enough sense to say, I don't want my child to grow up like this. So I went back to school and I just made it in. I graduated and I got a high school diploma and I had my daughter And um, I thought everything was going good. Mind you, I was still in the witchcraft, but I may not have been going to Sister Ruth's house as much. I may not have been doing the witchcraft as much, but I was still in witchcraft. Now I'm thinking about this new life. Not thinking about, do I need to do something about this witchcraft stuff? No, just 
kept moving on in life. So when I had my daughter, I finished high school, got a government job, got married. I just knew I was doing great. And there were times being pregnant that I was going to see Sister Ruth because I was trying to get my boyfriend to fall in love with me. I wanted him to want me. I wanted him to not leave me being pregnant. I just was told that I can make him fall in love with me doing witchcraft. That was my motive the whole time. After having my daughter, I was working for the government. I got married. I was a military wife. Then I got into law enforcement. I was doing so great. I was married, had a child, and now I'm pregnant with another child. And I just thought my life was just great. And like I said, I still hadn't went to God about this witchcraft things. And the whole time I was pregnant with my son, I was dabbing in it. Because like I said, I wanted his father to fall deeply in love with me. I didn't want him to go out there and mess with no other girl or nothing like that. So I believed that in witchcraft I could do it. So I had a son, and when he was born, I was in the hospital, and I looked down at him, and I fell asleep with him in my arms. And while I was asleep, I was dreaming about a voodoo dancing it was voodoos, and they were dancing, doing voodoo dance. And the man in the middle was the voodoo dancer, and there's people around him. They dancing with him, and it was a death dance that they were doing. So when I woke up, I looked at my son, and I said, well, you're not going to die because you were just born. So it's going to be somebody that I know, an older person leaves so a new person can come to earth. That's how I thought. I was able to take my son home and, you know, raise him a child. Um, he cried a lot. I thought it was because he was just spoiled. Um, I never could put him down. I had to hold him all the time. And I had to go to work. I was tired, but I was still, you know, going to do this. So one day I come home from work. It was 12 midnight. I picked my son up. I left my daughter. We go home, and um, I put my son in his bed to be with his father. I heard my son trying to get relaxed, I guess. He was like squinching around and just trying to get comfortable. And then I heard him go and I said, well, he's finally asleep now. When I woke up that morning, I looked at the clock. It was 1038. I put my feet on the floor and I began to say, no, no. I felt death as soon as I put my feet on the floor. I looked over at him in the bed and I started calling his name. And he didn't move around like he would do. And I knew that he was God. And when I went to pick him up, his head fell back in my arm, and his mouth was purple. I dropped him back in the bed, and I started screaming. I didn't want to do anything because I was afraid that they would come and say I did something to him. At the time, my son-in-law, my brother-in-law was living with me, and he called him Thundercat. 
and I was screaming and telling him that he was gone, and he came out, and he looked at him, and he put a towel over him, and then I really lost it, and I cursed God. I told him to kill me because growing up as a little girl in church, you know, if you curse God, you die. So I wanted to die. So I cursed God, and I just told him to kill me. I hated God. Why you take my child? Not knowing that that day I did that. Not physically, but spiritually. I did. Because after that, After that, the day we come home from the hospital when they said that he was dead, that was the day I picked up a pack of cigarettes and started smoking. That was the day when my sister gave me a drink and she called it a zombie. And from that day, I can't tell you who or what happened because I was not me anymore. The day of the funeral, when we got home, his father asked me for another voice. He asked me for a divorce because he said he just wanted to be an independent father of a son. He didn't need me anymore. And that's when all hell broke loose. I began to hate. I hated me. I hated everyone that had did anything to me. I blamed everybody. I didn't know how to seek help. I just wanted my child. I didn't know what to do. I'd never been to this before. I was just hurting. I couldn't go to my husband and cry on his shoulder because he didn't want to be married to me no more. So I feel like my whole life just gone. Three days after the funeral, we were sitting. I was sitting at home on my couch. I got a knock at the door, and there was a cousin. He come in, and that's when I was introduced to freebasing, which is cocaine. Back then, it was called freebasing, and then as the years went, it turned to crack. He came in. He went in the kitchen. I'm just going to speed this up. He cooked it. He came back. We sat down. He told me to try it. And I was like, you know, I don't do that. I'm in law enforcement. I don't, I don't do that. I get people that do that. And then I said, I don't want any drugs. I don't want that. I just want to know why you didn't come to the funeral. I just want to know why you treated me the way you treated me. Why my son had to die. I was just, just all over the place. And then he fixed it up. And he wasn't even listening to what I was saying. He goes, and I was like, I just told you I don't want to do it. And he said, it's one word, it'll ease your pain. <laughs> that one little word, it'll ease your pain, made me take a hit. I never looked back. From that day on, I lost my home. I lost my daughter. I lost my job. I lost my family. I lost me. I began to walk the streets looking for drugs. I was raped every day. 
gang raped, beat up, <laughs> thrown out of cars, butt naked. <laughs> they had nowhere to live. I slept on the streets till I found this box that was made like a refrigerator, and that became my home. So I slept in this box at night. Nobody was to touch my box, and nobody didn't touch my box either. Then when it's was time to eat, I would go to the trash dumpster, which was at in the back of a store. Back then, we had a store called Geno's, Tucky Fried Chicken, Holly Farms, you know, stuff like that. And I would go and get the food out the barrel, which is called spoilage, which goes into the trash. I didn't think that it was bad because it was still had wrap on it, you know. But I was literally eating out the trash. And then something hit me. I want y'all to know, you know, when they say raise up a child and it should go, they will come back. Because I was eating out the trash. I heard something say the prodigal son, he was eating out of the trash, the, the pig slop. And I wasn't thinking about no Bible. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about none of that. It just, like, came to me. And then I realized that, oh, my gosh, I'm eating out the trash. So, finally, I uh, tried to get my life straight. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. And those out there that have done drugs or doing drugs, you know what I'm talking about. It's a lot. I'm not going to sit here and go into detail of every little thing. But trust and believe. It was a lot, and it wasn't good. I moved away, trying to get my life right, and... Was driving one day with some friends, and we end up in Virginia. And um, being that I was military, I could get a place. I was, you know, a wife, a military wife, so I'm going to get a place because I lost everything. So I wanted to get my life right, but I just didn't know how. I finally got a little place, and I thought I was doing good. I was working like three jobs, and the people that was with me, I thought we were doing okay, and then one day I woke up and they were gone. And now I'm stuck here with a place that I can't pay all the rent to because I don't have nobody here to help me now. My daughter wasn't with me because she was in D.C. with my godmother, and I'm supposed to be somewhere getting my life right, building it so I can get my daughter and, you know, live right. So I thought. And then before you know it, um, I started selling drugs there because it was easy. I hadn't stopped. I was still using. I was just trying to, like, make my family think that I wasn't using as much as I used to because I'm working now and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But it was a lie. Till one day, it was um, New Year's, New Year's Eve. And, of course, you know, I'm going to bring in the New Year Blasting it up. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> I'm going to have some fun. So I went to the drug man where I get my stuff from. And his wife was there. And believe it or not, you guys, the drug man told me he wasn't selling me any. <laughs> I thought he was joking. I mean, I was like, you're not going to sell me any. And he said, no, nah, I can't do it anymore, Kim. I said, what's up with you? Why? You know, I ain't trying to hear that, man. I got my money. I'm trying to get high. What are you tripping on? 
and he said that um, he was born in North Carolina, and he said Fayetteville, and he said he was raised in North Carolina in church, and he said, it's something about you. I can't sell it to you because I don't want God to get me. It's something about you with God that I can't do this. And I'm sitting here going, are you tripping? He tripping. Is you smoking this stuff? What's going on? I don't want to hear about God right now. Are you tripping? Can you just, you know, give me what I need? Nope. He said, what you need to do <laughs> is go to church. I looked at him and his wife like, what are y'all tripping on? It's New Year's Eve. Why y'all blowing me? You know? And they was like, no, you need to go to church, Kim. You need to get your life right. Couldn't believe it. I was very upset. You know, it was almost like when I was getting high at times, I would see mama praying and crying and snotting for me. And then I would literally pick up the phone and call her and say, Ma, will you please stop praying for me? Because I can see you and you're messing up my high. And I can't get high watching you praying and crying in the spirit on me. And she would just be thanking God and praising him even louder. And I'll hang the phone up on her. So it's like, who does that? Who does that? So with him and his wife saying, you need to go to church. There's a church up the street. You know, I'm like, who does that? (laughs) And so they let me drink. They let me smoke some weed. But they would not give me no dope. So... I went home that night, don't know how I got there, but I did, drove myself, and I don't know, you guys, I just was like, sleep, I just woke up, I didn't feel tired, I didn't feel anything, only thing I felt was go to church, and mind you, I was probably about 85, 90 pounds, (laughs) and on my way going to the church, I had my little boy with me, and um, I was crying tears just running down my face. I don't know why it was running down my face. I couldn't stop him from running down my face. I only lived like two two corners from the church. I walk up in there and they come, the usher, she greeted me at the door. She was so excited and she was all happy and I'm standing with these tears coming in my face like, I don't know why I'm crying. Please forgive me. And she was like, come on in. She was all excited and everything. I went in, and I sat down in the back of the church because there was no room, and everybody, it was, like, crowded. They was just, like, praising God and shouting and everything. I don't know what, why, but I just kept going, I can't see. (laughs) I don't know what I was looking for, but I was. I was like, I can't see. It's dark, you know, like, look dark in the church, but I just wanted to see. So I asked the usher, I said, is there another seat that I can sit in? Because I can't see. So she said, well, up front, the second row, on the end, there's one seat, but you have to hold your son. And I said, okay. So I went up. Now, mind you guys, if you ain't been to church in 20 years and you've been out in the street doing these things that I was doing, the last thing you're going to do is go to church. (laughs) But then if you do go to church, you sure ain't going to go to the front. You're going to sit in the back because the door is easy to get to. When I'm ready to roll, I can get them roll. I goes in there, and I wanted to sit in the front so I can see. So right then, something wasn't right. <laughs> then it was time for testimony, I mean, for, like, um, visitors to stand. 
and the guy said, tell us who invited you. No, tell us your name, who invited you, and what church you're from. So I was like, oh, Lord, I ain't been to church for 20 years. <laughs> I guess I just used my mama's church. And then I looked around the church, and I was standing up, and I was looking for the person, you know, the two people that told me to come, which was my drug people. I didn't see them in a, in a sanctuary. Tears were still rolling down my eyes. And when he got to me, I was just bawling. I mean, bawling. And, and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Excuse me. Please forgive me. I said, gosh, I, my name is Kim. And I I think I did get out my mom's name of her church. And I just couldn't stop crying. And then the the guy who was at the podium at the time, he says, young lady, come here. And then I was like, me? And he said, yeah, so I just wanted to be obedient because the way I was raised, you don't play in church. So I got up, and I was obedient, and I stood in front of him, and he said, the Holy Spirit is all upon you. And God said, it's time to give it up. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I cursed God, but my son died. I've been out on the street. I'm a junkie. I have done so much stuff that God wouldn't even look at me no more. I'm telling you, when I leave here, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get high. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm just a talking. <laughs> he ain't paid none of it any attention. Before I know it, he had called the elders and the ministers and the evangelists. He, he, he called them all up. And they were they had put me in a circle. And I was in this circle. Somebody grabbed hold of my stomach and started shaking my stomach. There was a lady in there with me, but she had like like a roll of paper towels. And she just, I thought I was puking because I had a hangover. And I couldn't stop. And she kept cleaning it up with the paper towel, throwing it in the trash, balling it up, tying it. And they were throwing the bag, balling up, tying it, throwing it back. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to see what everybody doing and still let everybody know that I can't get God today because I'm a sinner, you know. So I kept doing what I was doing and still saying to myself, I'm not going to get saved because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. It went for a while. So when the service was done with me, the guy that was in charge said, is there something you would like to say to everybody? This is when it was all over. And I said, "Um, I don't know. I guess I I feel clean. And then the church fired back up again, and I was like, oh, Lord. They were back up shouting and everything again. But I remember hearing that they were going to have foot wash today at 4 o'clock. And I remember hearing that they have Wednesday Bible study. So when church was over, I left, ran to D.C., got my daughter. When I walked in the house to get her because it was New Year's, so kids are going back to school so when I ran up to get her from mama when I got in the house mama started screaming and praising God and she said oh you changed oh it's oh this is it this is it and I said what are you talking about and she said oh honey you, oh yes this is it and she kept saying that I'm changed she said God I'm changed you know I've been delivered and she said I can see it all in your face so I got in the mirror looking at my face, and I didn't see it. She saw it. but And then I kept telling her, no, I didn't get saved, Ma. I just had a little blessing. That was about it. 
But then I'm still trying to figure out how she know I went to church. And so I got my daughter. We got in the car. We got back down the road. I didn't go home. I went straight back to the church for the foot wash. Why? I don't know, but I did. So they washed my feet. Weren't that many people there. And then they told me to come back uh, Wednesday for Bible study. So I said, okay. You know, I didn't know if I was or not. So I got home that Sunday, and I was like, I ain't telling nobody <laughs> what happened to me. So I sat down, got high that night, drank, smoked, did everything I do. Then Monday came, I did the same thing. Then Tuesday came, we were sitting there doing what we do, and I said to him, my husband at the time, I said, I got saved on Sunday. <laughs> and he bugged out laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? He said, how you get saved? You sitting here getting high. I said, I don't know. But I did. So I got up to walk towards my bedroom, and I had two packs of, I had two cigarettes left in a pack. And I boiled it up, and I said, God, if you did this, then take this away from me. And I threw it in the trash. And then Wednesday, I did go to Bible study. And when I got in there, come to find out, the pastor was actually a woman. And she called me up to the front when she saw me, and I was like, oh, here we go again. And then she said, I didn't get your name. I've been praying that you come back because the Lord said to tell you to stop trying. It's done. And Oh, my God, I just started screaming and crying and telling her, how did you know? How did you know? Because I talked to God that night before, you know, about my cigarettes and stuff. And she came out and was like, it's done, you know. And I I, I was just blown. And so from that day, I received, I believed, and it was done. My rehab wasn't a rehab center, even though I had been in some and got kicked out. My rehab was church. God instantly delivered me. Um, I was a three-pack-a-day cigarette smoker <laughs> for years, and I instantly quit smoking right then. I mean, he took took it away. I haven't had a cigarette since 1993. It's unbelievable, but it is believable. It happened. I was a three-pack-a-day cigarette smoker, and he delivered me instantly on that Sunday. I would use any drugs there were. Did I have a preference? Yeah, coke, crack. My highs were always uppers. I didn't like downers. Sometimes I would speedball by putting dope with coke and shoot it. I mean, there's no way I should be even here. But all of that, all of it, it went away. Wow. It went away. I used to drink Cisco. I had to have at least two or three of them before I can go to bed. They don't even sell it no more in the market because it was like liquid crack. I'm not going to give the devil no pleasure with anything, but I just want you to know when I say I got high, I got high. When I say I used, I used. Do I need to tell you everything I used? No. But what I am going to tell you is that don't play with it because it's no joke because it will creep back on you even though I've been delivered since 1993. January 1 was my new birthday. It has not been easy. It has not. I'm not even going to sit here and lie. 
but it's been worth it because I'm not who I used to be. It feels good to wake up in my own home, in my own bed, and don't have a craving for drugs. feels so good that I ain't got to get up and go walk down the street looking for drugs. no joke it's a spirit and it ain't playing I don't care how old you are and what you might have been through just know that I was 13 or 12 when I was introduced to marijuana that seed was a bad seed and it was planted in me on that day I had no idea that later on that seed was going to open back up in me and go I want this I want that I began to crave for stuff that I didn't even know about because of that one little thing that I took and put inside of me. It brought all kinds of drugs. It brought all kinds of drinks. It brought all kinds of people. It brought so much into my life that I can only thank God because I'm sitting here telling you the story. Now, I may not told you guys bit by bit, but I'm telling you something that can help you right now because I know what it's like to wake up and got the Jones. How do you stop the craving? Pray. Pray that you don't. Pray that you won't. I used to say, I'm not going to say what I won't do, but I'm going to pray that I don't do it because you never know what can happen to you and change you just like that. Because, see, when I woke up and found my son dead, this is when my life started going down. When I cursed God out and said I didn't want to live no more, that's when my life started going down. But God never let, God never took his hands off of me. I left God. God never left me. I'm not perfect. There's a lot of other things that I do want to be delivered from in God's timing. Because every time it was in my timing, things don't go right. But if it's in God's timing, it don't ever come back. Now, I just thank him because I'm not who I was. I'm not the person that I used to be. I don't look like that person no more. Now, I told you the part about me as a child growing up, having a child, child passed away, and the things I went through with the drugs and everything, and then giving my life to God and being a new person. You know, and letting all that go and going out now, fired up for God and wanting everybody to know Jesus. <laughs> everybody got to know Jesus. And then I started writing a book. Well, basically, I went to a testimony for Jesus, and it was at the monument. And I got up and I told some of my story for the testimony for Jesus when I was on my way home. 
My daughter was in a car with me at the time. She was about 13. And she says, Mom, you should write a book. And I said, why do you say that? She said, because your story is very interesting. I, <laughs> and I was kind of upset because I didn't want her to hear my testimony because I didn't want her to know that I had did all the things I did. But she accepted it. She was like, Mom, I think you should write a book. Your story is very interesting, and I think it will help a lot of people. And I said, well, I don't know if I can write a book or not. First of all, I need a name. I don't even know. I don't even have a name for it. And so then she said, "Well, if you decide to do it, I have a name." And I said, "What's that?" And she said, "From crack to Christ." And that's how the book got started, from crack to Christ. And that was in 1996. And I asked her, "Where did she get that name from?" And she said, "I don't know. It just came to me. So that was God." And I began to write the book. And this is the third one, because, of course, the first one I didn't give a lot, and the second one I didn't want to tell, and then the third one, God said, put some more in there, and I did. When I was going to do my sec- the next book, my body got attacked. Even though I'm running for Jesus and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm out here witnessing and testifying and giving people my story and helping people get off of drugs, don't think that the devil ain't there. Because he still is, and he still wants me. He wants me worse now than he ever wanted me. He just wants me dead. Well, I end up being the first African-American to ever have a nail salon for the Marines. The Marines has never had anything for the women. They always had barbershops, but they didn't have anything for their women. And um, God allowed me to open up a business in the PX. Of Quantico, the Marines. <laughs> Who comes from crack to Christ and open up a business? Okay? Then God allowed me to get my license to be a nail instructor. I mean, things were just happening that I would have never thought or dreamed of that could happen. And now everything's going good and I'm happy for Jesus. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I found out that I had lupus. Then I found out I had sarcoidosis. Then my body began to deteriorate. It just started dropping down, dropping down. I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. Before I know it, I know I'm going through this. I end up having two open lung surgeries. I had two pulmonary embolisms. They started putting me back on drugs. So now the devil done switched it. Instead of me having street drugs, now I got prescription drugs. You know what happened? They started injecting uh, morphine. They started giving me uh, Demerol. I started getting fentanyl. I started getting all kinds of drugs in my arm. And it was waking up everything in me that I thought had died. I began to see demons, spirits. I started seeing all kinds of stuff, and I was, like, yelling and screaming because my nurse was coming in, and he, as he walked in, there were seven imps behind him. I counted them, and they were black. They were in black robes. It was a smoke, like a figure of angels, but they were black. And I said, the angels of death are coming to try to take me out of here. 
And then that's when I got the screaming, nurse, nurse, nurse. And that was my nurse, but I I didn't see it as my nurse. And then all these other nurses ran in and they were like, Miss Jenkins, he coming in here to give you your medicine. And I was like, no, he's the devil. He's coming in here to take me. And then they were like, it's your nurse. And I was like, no, you don't understand. It's the devil. And the amps are right there behind him. So they all left out and they wanted to give me some morphine, but I wouldn't let them give it to me. And at the time, I was on the phone with Miss Brown, Dale. She, her lady was with me through it all. And um, she kept telling me, be quiet, be quiet. They're going to think you crazy, and they're going to put you in the psych ward. And I kept saying, no, this is spirit. It's a spirit. You know what I'm saying? She said, yeah, we know, but they don't know. So I wouldn't listen to her. So before I knew it, there was a counselor and a director came up to the room and Long story short, they sent me over to Fairfax Hospital and put me in the psych ward because they believed that I was crazy because I was telling them what I was seeing. And to them, that's not a spirit. That's uh, schizophrenic. <laughs> you got PTSD. I have receipts to show that I'm supposed to have everything that there is that you can have mentally in your head. I don't know who's out there that's listening to this that's feeling like, I can't do it. You can do it. I know that it's hard. I know that it feel like you can't. And yeah, I guess you can go 30 days and feel good about it. But you can. We can. We can do whatever we want as we put our mind to it. I had a surgery done in 2019. It had something to do with when I was sick. And there was something implanted in me. That shouldn't have been in me for no more than three to six months. And it ended up being, I got, they put it in me in 2014, 2019, they went to try to take it out. They had to go down into my artery because it had shifted to the main artery. And I could drop dead at any time. When they seen it, they called me, told me I need to go see a heart and vascular doctor. I went to go see him and he wanted me to have surgery the next day. And I told him that I couldn't because my god sister passed away and I had to bury her. And he said, if you don't get this done, they'll be burying you. I said, well, sir, I'm sorry, but I can't do anything until after I bury her. And I came back on the date I said. They went in, and while they were in, apparently I had a spinal stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't, I didn't have any feeling. There were two ladies from the church that was with me because it was the in-and-out procedure. You guys, I ended up in that hospital. I didn't come home for about three months. I ended up going to a rehab place to learn how to use a wheelchair. My feet, my legs, they were so huge that you couldn't see my toenails. I couldn't stand. Why? Why am I always now being sick? And now I got to learn to use a wheelchair? No. No. I began to pray. And I told God that I was sorry. And to forgive me for allowing the enemy to put that thought in my head. And to say that I'm paralyzed when I'm not. It's not my battle. It's the Lord's. 
We get involved when we don't need to. And then it stays there. Because if I hadn't said that prayer, I believe I'd still be paralyzed. I said that prayer to tell God to forgive me because I'm sitting up here saying that I am when I ain't. It's what you say it is. No, I'm not paralyzed. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, I'm going to walk today. I'm going to walk today. And the Holy Spirit said to me that 2020 is a right now faith for you. So get up and walk. (laughs) One of the ladies from the church came and she would video me, you know, using this wheelchair and stuff. So when they all came in, the therapist came out, I said, I'm going to walk today. And I said that every day, y'all, just to keep a sense of humor. I was always funny. I didn't want to talk about me. I didn't want nobody to know that I couldn't walk. So I just keep people laughing, making jokes. So this particular day, I said I was going to walk. I got in the wheelchair, and I was rolling myself to the therapy because they don't push you. They make you do everything. And, um... When I turned the corner, I heard a harp, and that's one of my favorite instruments. And the lady was playing a harp, and she was playing Amazing Grace. And her husband was standing beside her playing a guitar. And when we were going past there, my friend was videoing, and I looked at her and I said, I told you I'm going to walk today. I'm going to walk today because, believe it or not, Seeing the harp let me know that God was there because a harp, a healing, that it gave me confirmation that I'm healed. I'm going to walk today. That's what David did. He played it for the king, and it soothed him. You know, it was a healing medicine. So when I got in there, it's on video, I did it. I mean, I didn't walk yet, but I moved my leg to touch it. What the lady told me to touch. And then my therapist said, okay, we're going to do something else. I might get in trouble for this, but we're going to do it. So she took me over to the steps, and we started out with the four-inch steps. And I stood there and stood there until I did it. And before I knew it, I had walked the steps. And I thought I was rocking when I got to the top. And I was crying. And I was like, y'all need a bell. <laughs> And I was thanking God, and I turned around and looked at the people that was in there in therapy, and I was like, y'all going to do it too. <laughs> I was like, if he did it for me, he's going to do it for you. Watch. And people were just crying, and they were happy, and I was happy. And I didn't go into a nursing home. I didn't have to go live with my daughter. They was fixing the ramp and everything for me. I just couldn't see it, y'all. I couldn't see it. I wasn't going to do it. I just couldn't do it. So once I apologized to God, it worked. And so I didn't roll out the store out the rehab, but I did walk out with a walker. And um, now I'm walking. (laughs) And God is so good that he ended up sending me a therapist to swim, to to get in a pool, and my legs strengthened up, and they strengthened. I'm walking, so repeating what the doctor says. Don't repeat it. Pray. Ask God to forgive you for believing that lie, and then walk out on who you are. Just get up and do it. You can if you want. 
I can do anything that I can. I can do anything with Christ. But sometimes we do put ourselves in a situation where we think we can't. I think we just get lazy and we get comfortable in it. And you want some attention. You want somebody to say things to you or feel sorry for you. You go through all of that. And I'm not going to say and lie. You do. Because I realized that from day one, I felt rejected when I was born because I didn't go home with my mom. I went home with someone else. Every time somebody came in my life, they leave. I felt rejected. So every time I felt rejected, I did something to make you see me. So even in going through all of this from child to there, it's still connected from then. So the only way I can get rid of that, that cord connected to me, so that I can live the way God wants me to live, I call it mental aerobics. Cheat my mind mentally like an aerobics state on Jesus. Emily, who is Jesus to you? <laughs> He's my Lord and Savior. He's my all in all. He's my life. He is my lifeline. That's who he is to me. Kimberly, for anybody that's watching your testimony right now, uh, what are some last words that you can say to them? Never give up. Don't stop believing that you can be who God called you to be. Just keep believing it. Keep receiving it. Keep saying it. No matter what it looked like, just keep saying it. Because it will come to pass. God said he, he's not a God that shall lie. I found that I used to beat myself up all the time. If I did one little sin, or if I did something that somebody thought, or they say that's a sin, or they say, oh, you ain't saved, or they say you ain't this, stop listening to that. Be who God has called you to be. He's not going to have you to do it the way I did it, and he's not going to have me to do it the way you did it. Let go and just let God. Stop listening to people. Because when I stand before God, I want him to say, well done. Not I told you to do something, you didn't do it, you listened to Barbara. You know what I'm saying? So just get into a prayer life with God, you and God, and just listen to him. He does speak. It's you that you're going to hear in your mind, but you're going to hear it softly and you're going to know that it's the right thing to do. Now, if you really want to see the words, Open up your Bible, and he's speaking right to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you hear me this morning, Brother Lewis, Sister Dot, Sister Jerry, somebody? Can you hear me this morning? I uh, was a little busy earlier, and so I did the everything, you know, recorded prayer, the songs, the scripture, you know, but, and then the testimony. And so today I wanted to talk about waiting on the Lord, wait on God, be of a good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We read Romans. I, I, I allowed the man to read Romans this morning. Thank you, Sister Stanley, Sister Dodd, and Brother Louis. God bless you this morning. Thank you. Uh, I read that scripture for a reason. And sometimes we 
give up right quick without even knowing that we've given up. And the key is this, patience. When we're working with the Lord, dealing with God, good morning, Apostle Bolt, right? God bless you. We got to have patience. We got to wait on him. If you remember back, without him, we can do nothing. I, I don't know what date your birthday was last year, but this year, your birthday, from that date to this birthday, guess what? You still cannot do nothing without him. So he wanted us to know this. If we wait on him, he will strengthen us. If we wait on him, he's able to carry us through. If we wait on him, whatever his reason for his timing, thank you, Sister Jerry, whatever his timing is, it will be perfect timing. What you want and what you need will surface. It will come to pass just like that. But we must learn to wait on God. Listen, Psalms 39 and 7 says this, and now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. See, when we're waiting on God, we're not waiting on the mailman. Because a male man or male lady can only bring you what's been mailed to you. We're not waiting on the supervisor on the job. He he can only give instructions and make sure the time card is right and we get paid right. We're not waiting on people. We're not waiting on man. Man is limited. Let me put it that way to you. But when we're waiting on God, we're waiting on a huge thing. We're waiting on he that have all power. Listen, all power. There's no higher power. I used to give this out. Listen, I lived in the city of Jacksonville. And for our our electricity, we had JEA, Jacksonville Electric Authority. They supplied electricity to, to Oh, it just goes so big because land-wise, Jacksonville is huge. So they supplied all of the electricity. I don't care what side of town you was on, uh, how high up you lived, they supplied all the power, electrical power to the city of Jacksonville. Now, where I lived at, my address was 1646. Uh, West 45th Street, apartment 116 or 117, uh, whatever it was. But listen, I had some power. My refrigerator, my washer, my dryer, I had I had lights, hot and cold running water. I had hot water that an electrical water, hot water tank heated up. I could plug my cell phone into the electrical outlet and charge them. My stereo system, I, 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 to this day, I have a huge, skinny, uh, powerful speaker. And I plug that into the wall, plug my phone and whatever, and it plays. I had some of the power. I didn't have all power. JEA had all the power that supplied the city of Jacksonville, a huge city. I said that to say this. 
we have some power because God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. But he has all power. He's the last stop. There's no higher power. After him, there's nobody else to go to. And it's what he said, not, not, not what I said. It's what he said. Wait on the Lord, Psalms 27 and 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall. It's a promise. Strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I listen at the woman's testimony. And we got to remember this, too. Unless God draws you, you can't come. I don't care what you're doing, what you own, how bad you want to get off it, how bad your family wants you off of it. I know people that have been to jail, prison oh so many times. And I heard other people say, well, why don't they just stop going? They don't know what's causing them to get locked up until God draws you. You can't come. Until he put an end to your testimony, you can't stop. And some people, they die because they refuse to accept that this is God. And I'm going to just go on and let it kill me. I heard her wanting to die. The baby died. She going to cuss God. I, I, I've seen people. I, I, I knew another young lady told me she was mad with God. Oh, I said, oh, I got to get from around you, girl. Are you crazy? She said she was mad, angry with God. Listen, she robbed the bank. And she prayed and asked the Lord to give her five years. Of three years, and she thought God was going to do that. She got 30 years. Now, you committed the crime. You obeyed the devil. But once you got in trouble, you went to God. And when God didn't give you what you want, who you the one got yourself in trouble, you get angry with him. Wait, I say, on the Lord, be of good courage. And he should strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. She had to wait. The woman with the testimony, she had to wait on God. She tried all kinds of things, I'm sure. Knew another lady said she had the heroin spike in her arm. And as she was going out in the night with the dope high, she was praying and asking the Lord to deliver her from this. Do you hear this? In his perfect timing, wait, I say, on the Lord. Be of a good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. I had to wait on the Lord. I, I kept doing whatever, and, and I, 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 I'm thinking sometimes I didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway because it pleased my flesh to a certain degree. Then I got sick and tired of my own self. But that day, I went to God from a sincere heart. That particular day when I meant what I said and I said what I meant, he come in. And he gave me what I needed. He gave me a new mind, a new heart, new way of thinking, all of this. He turned my life around for the good and been turning it around for the good ever since 1993. Psalms 130 and verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul doeth wait. And in his word do I hope. 
see, a, a lot of this we're missing. Patience and in his word, hoping. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We lose hope many times. I'm tired of waiting. That's why the, the, the so-called church folks started doing all of this uh, prosperity stuff and, and, and instant stuff and, and folks chasing behind the prophets and the prophetess and all of this. They ran out of hope many times and they gave up without even knowing they had gave up on God. Because you're not moving, Lord, when I need you to. I got to go find something for myself. No, we don't. Stand still and know this morning that he is God. Wait on the Lord this morning. Be of a good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 27 and 14. Now, while you're waiting, you want to do something constructive here. While you are waiting, you want to help somebody. Yeah. While you are waiting, you want to work unto the Lord. While you are waiting, you want to see about the sick, the elderly, if you're in the condition to do these things. This is what you want to do. Because we're the believers, we're the people of God, we're the church, uh, uh, we're the saints of God, we're Christians, all of this stuff. I'm the daughter of God, I'm a queen, all of this stuff. But may the work we've done speak for us. When I stand before God, my work is going to speak. Lord, have mercy. My work is going to speak for me. It wasn't by the works that I'm saved this morning. It's by his grace, most of all, his mercy, and truly his love that I'm saved because he so loved me, he sent his only begotten son. I had to believe on Jesus. Hallelujah. I had to receive his son. I had to repent of my sin. I had to let God know I received your son. I believe he is your son. And I believe you sent him so I could have a chance. I believe you sent him so I could have a right to the tree of life. Afterwards, I had to believe. I know I've been redeemed. I had to believe these things. But I had to stay in his word for myself, not for people. Uh-uh, yeah. But for, hey, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. I had to stay in his word for me. Because I needed to know the right way to go. I needed to know the right things to do. I needed to know what not to do. I needed to know what pleases him. I needed to know what God accepts. And I needed to learn to accept what God allowed. So I learned to wait. Ooh, that waiting is not easy. I can't tell you it's an easy, quick fix. And sometimes the enemy come in with your flesh and try to stir it up. Oh, they, he tried to get it in all in the marrow of your bones that you're waiting. You didn't get what you wanted yet. You didn't get what you thought you need yet. But God's timing is perfect. We got to learn to wait on him. If we can work on our patience to wait on God, oh, we're going to be some blessed people. Blessed beyond our wildest imagination. We could not imagine how blessed we'll be if we can learn to wait on Almighty God who have all power. 
Yeah. I went on over to Romans chapter 12. And this is what it says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Listen to this. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, by doing this, you're not doing no more than you should. By doing this, you're going to learn to wait on God. Because you're going to present you as a living sacrifice. Holy, because he's holy, acceptable unto God. You, you, because you're, you're living sacrifice and you see that word holy in there, <laughs> God is going to be able to accept you. Because you sacrifice and you're holy, it's your reasonable service. I'm not doing no more than I should be doing. For God so loved the world again, he gave his only begotten son. He made me for his pleasure. He brought me out of darkness into the marvelous light. He called me. He chose me. When I went to him, he, he, he showed me and he told me what was going on. And until this day, he has not lied yet. It was exactly what he said. And I got to see it and know it for myself. It wasn't in my feelings. <clears throat> it wasn't what I was feeling. I had to know this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world. Now, let me show you something. The news and all of these articles, and look here, you'll be conformed to the world. You'll think like the world thinks. You'll overthink, you'll stress, you'll worry. And you know what you're telling yourself? Where the Bible says, look here, God don't need your help. Present your body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to this world. I don't want to do what the world is doing. I want to do what God would have me to do. I want to do the things that pleases him and the things that I know he can accept. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, it all starts in your mind. You got to let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, and behold, all things have become new. But guess what? He gave you a new mind, but it's your choice to keep the new mind going. Well, how can I keep that going? Prayer and his word. Personal prayer life and personal Bible study life. Yes, ma'am and yes, sir. Pray and ask God for a Bible-teaching church, a church that's teaching the truth. Because, see, look, the more we hang with the saints of God, the believers, the true Christians of God, the true followers of God, we're not following him because we know that we want to see what's going on. Are we hungry? We want the fish and the loaves. My life be a do. I want my... No, 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 no. We following him. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to go. He's going to lead and guide us and his, for his name's sake. And anything his name is on is going to be good. So we, we're, going to, we're not going to be conformed to this world, but we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here you go again. Acceptable. Prove that, prove what is that good, not evil, not bad, but good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're going to prove it. My life going to speak for me. Folks won't be able to say, oh, you know, Barbara just lied to me so bad because she, she do it all the time. I ain't never know her to tell the truth on nothing and up preaching. What? See, because we're going to find out we got to have integrity. We're going to find out being holy means a clean, a clean life. It's not a religion. It's, it, it, it's a lifestyle. It's the way we live before God because he's holy and he's in us. So we're going to prove this thing, not only to the world, family, and friends, but to yourself. Oh, glory. You're going to know the will of God for you. Because it all starts with you. A lot of people, they want to give it to everybody else, but you don't have it together. How are you giving this out and you're not ready? What's wrong with you? Get yourself together in God. You know he called you. You know you accepted him. You know he saved you. But you've been allowing yourself to be conformed to the world. Stop. Go back to God. Ask the Lord to show you how to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He going to show you. Keep your mind on me. I'll keep you in perfect peace. Study my word and apply my word. Because the word don't work unless we apply it to our everyday life. Prayer works when we're sincere. And we're not selfish. And we just want to use God. No, no, you can't use him, but you think you are because you just want what he got. You don't want him. We must want him. This often finisher of our faith, the one that have all power. And verse 3 says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to be soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. It's going to go back to faith every time because we got to believe. This is for the believer this morning. This is for the church. Through grace given unto me to every man that is among you. I, I want to show you. I love you. I want to show you. You know, God love you. I, I want to show you that. Grace is sufficient for you. We shouldn't think more of ourselves than we ought to. I may drive a Cadillac, and God may have blessed me in the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. But I'm no better than the sister or brother that live in the project. Y'all hear what I say? Not to think more of myself than I ought to. I pray God hear and answer. God give me a word to give to the people and the blessings of the Lord fall. Not to think more of myself than I ought to. You got to call me evangelist because see, I've been called and chosen by God. 
I do Jesus in the morning, and I work Freedom Doors Ministry, and I go on the streets. Look here. That's some foolishness. You hear me? Not to think more of myself than I ought to. You know why people like coming hanging out? I don't think more of myself than I ought to. Sometimes people trying to down themselves. I, I raise them up. No, ma'am, you're not going to put yourself down in the gutter with me. He brought you out a loaded bottle. Don't try to go back down in there. Ain't nothing down in there but the cripples and the handicapped. You're not crippled or handicapped no more. God has delivered you. Come on up. Come on up. I may be able to shop <laughs> every three months for clothes <laughs> or every four months. Uh, uh, as the seasons change, God get blessed me. I get the fall wardrobe. Okay, winter. Oh, I got the winter. Oh, look at spring coming on. Let me get a spring outfit. And then there's summer. Get me a summer outfit. It makes me not better than anyone else who who can get a a, a change of, of of season clothes. It makes me no better if I can buy a quality shoe, not a name brand, but a quality shoe. That don't make no difference. I'm no better than nobody else because, see, we get it twisted. We think because we live on uh, Alligator Street, those that's over on Lizard Avenue, they're not, you know, they're not as good as me. I, I'm living over here near the crocodile. Crazy. He said, but, but to think soberly, you know what to think soberly is? You're not woozy in the head. You're not back and forth. You're not believing the day and, and tomorrow you don't believe. You believe at 10 o'clock, 15 minutes after. A sober mind, constant, clear. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We can do whatever we need to do by faith. Have patience to wait on God and keep the faith. Continue to trust God. We give up too quick. I was sharing with Shante last night. I said, look here. She was telling me some things. And she said, sometimes, Mama, I don't like to tell you things because blah, 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 whatever. I said, if you don't tell me tonight, I know something. <laughs> so she went on to tell. And I had to tell her this. I said, listen, let me tell you this. Many people are this way. When they see the move of God with their actual natural eyes, oh, they're going to they gonna tell you about it. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. They got all these cliches to say. But the minute he's not moving in the way that they need, they feel they need him to move, the way that they want him to move, they'll cut somebody out, honey. They'll be mad. See, a lot of things we do and we tell God without even opening our mouth. He's an action God. He hear what I'm saying, but he's looking at what I'm doing. He heard what I said, but he's actually looking at what I'm doing. And it just, again this morning, shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Some people don't believe in faith. They think they can do it on their own. The devil is a fool and a liar. And will make a fool and a liar out of you, but you got to let him do it. You done heard me say this plenty of times before. 
Again, this morning, he's talking to the church. He's talking to the believer, the saints of God, the people of God, the Christians, the true Christians. That's who he's speaking to this morning. Look at verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and our members have not the same office. No need of me thinking I'm all of that in a bag of donuts because I'm a high. No need in you thinking you all of that because you're the forehead. You know, you're closer to the brain. <laughs> Louis, ain't no need in you thinking because uh, you got big ears. You, you, you hear better than everybody else. You, and then you closer, you know, you up top to the head. Many members, one body. And all members have not the same office. We all don't do the same thing. Some of us prophesy. Some of us are called to prayer. Some people are called intercessors. I've heard people call people prayer warriors. Somebody's an evangelist. Somebody's a deacon. Somebody's the usher at the door. Somebody's a pastor. Somebody's a preacher. Somebody's a minister. Somebody's a Sunday school teacher. Somebody take up an offering. Somebody clean the church building. Somebody cut the grass in the parking lot. Somebody play the keyboard or the organ in the church, the piano. Many members, one body. Well, what is that, Barbara? We all serve in the same God. We just have different offices. We have different jobs to do, but we make up this one body. Verse 5 says this. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. I belong to you and you belong to me. I know we ain't got there yet. He told us to love one another, not as the world loves. He told us this is how the world will know that we are of him for the love we have one for another. All of this is included in waiting on God. Because see, sometimes we got to pray our, our, pray our way through the love of uh, uh, Sister Jackie over there, you know, I don't like her ways. I don't want to be bothered. Woman ain't never did nothing to you. <laughs> but we got to love them. And we have to pray our way through many things and wait on God. Stop trying to do it yourself. A lot of people think, I'm in the church now. I can stop I've heard people say, well, when I, I heard her say it earlier, the people taught her, when you stop doing all these sins, then you can come to God. You can't do it. He got to bring you. <laughs> yeah, he got to choose you. He got to draw you in the dirty, nasty, slimy state that you're in. He did it for me and everybody else I know. You can't wait until you clean you up. You'll never clean you up. You don't have the power. You in bondage. That's why you got to fornicate. That's why you got to lie, cheat, steal. That's why you got to act as if you're better than everybody else. That's why you got to act like I got the greatest taste in the world. Nobody have my kind of taste. Until he fix you, until he clean you up, until he set you free, you're going to be in the same state. But when he calls you out of darkness into the marvelous light, it's an instant change. Instant change. 
You will never be the same. I'm not saying that he don't have to work on you with men. I'm not saying he may not have to work on you with the strong drink or the marijuana. Even some people club and hanging with old friends. But eventually, as you continue to seek God's face, turning from your wicked ways, desiring more of him, desiring his word and to understand his word and to apply it to your everyday life, you're going to lose the taste for all of that right there. All of that is automatically. That cussing went for me automatically. I've had people that say, oh, it's hard to believe you cuss. Baby, you don't know. I had that head cussing demon. Y'all better hear me. He delivered me and set me free from it. Bad check right. He delivered me and set me. I didn't care about no store and what they were going to lose. Hey, I come in here to get what I want, and I'm going to get some cash uh, back with this check. Check ain't no good. That's on you. That's not on me. He delivered me from foolishness, selfishness, uncaring, no love, because that's what it was. So I didn't have him. But God is love. We're going to love in the right way once we get him. Wait on the Lord, I say. Be of a good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's the scripture. Them, 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 that's his word. That's not my word. I'm telling you what he said. And I'm telling you what's going to make you better every day. A prayer life and a Bible study life, and you apply that word to your daily life, it's going to make a better person. Let me tell you, when I grasp on the Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, you often heard me tell you this. When I grasped on that thing and I started running with it every day, ooh, I live by Trusting in the Lord and leaning not to your own understanding. Acknowledging him in all your ways, he's directing your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Your life is going to be so much better because you're going to learn this. Oh, I used to be concerned about the light there. I don't have that to worry about no more. I told God about it. Now, if he needs you to do something, he needs you to go to the electric company, he'll let you know that too. That'll come in your spirit so strong. I can remember days I said, well, let me call them. And it just comes strong. And I knew it was him. Don't call, go. I had a social services agency. And the people knew me for helping people. Listen, I hadn't come fully to the Lord yet. I, I was going to church during those days. Now. I was a church member. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't proclaim that I had been redeemed. But they knew me for being such a giver and, and wanting to help people so. Until they would give people two extra weeks. J.A. don't do that now. When you, you get two months behind, it's cut off. Uh, your baby can need the formula cold if they want to. Hey, your electricity gone. But when I would call them and ask for an extension for someone, they would do it. And one of the head ladies down there, she said, you know what? You helping so many people without money. I said, because I don't have any, but I know if we work together, we can help somebody. She said, and because you're trying to do this. Look, city welfare wasn't studying you here. Uh, uh, look here. There's so many agencies, they weren't able to do it. 
Some of them had grants and they had to give them an account. I had heaven on my side. I only gave account to God. And I didn't have to give an account to him because he was the one who did it. Glory to his majesty. Amen goes right there. But it says, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. See, I'm an eye and I got to work with the nose. I got to work with the brain. I got to work with the hand and the feet and everything. You may be a toe. I got to work with you. Because I got to see my toe. Especially if it's hurting somewhere. Uh, 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 I need it fixed some kind of way. Or I want it to look better. I got to see my toe. Verse 6 is having been gift different according to the grace that is given unto us. We talked about that a few. Somebody is the preacher, the evangelist, the this, the that, the, 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 the usher at the back door, the deacon. So having been dif- gift different according to the grace that is given to us, it's by his grace he gave me a different gift. I have the gift of giving. I have the gift of love. And it's nothing like that gift of giving. Oh, she got the gift of prophecy. Oh, she she this. Oh, she she got the gift of the, the spirit of doctor, you know. Look here. I got that gift of giving, and that sticks with me. So now he's telling us whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Yeah, some things I just speak on people. Can you believe it? And it come right on the path quicker <laughs> than anything else. Sometimes God will speak and say, hey, I'm going to fix the house for you. It may be three months. They may start to fix the house within the month, but it's three months before it's finished. I can speak something on you, and today it'll take place. According to the proportion of faith, what you believe, Barbara? Many times he used me to say it to people, and they feel it. The spirit will touch them, and they know it's going to be done. Glory to his majesty. Remember, it's also power of life and death in our tongue. Verse 7 says, our ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teaches on teaching. Sometimes folks wait on ministry because they're scared. They're not sure. I said, and the just shall live by faith because that's what the scripture says. We walk by faith and not by sight. I didn't start this uh, going to seminary. I didn't start this because the pastor said, oh, you ready now? Pastor? I wasn't working for the pastor. I was going to work for God. I needed his approval. He ordained me. <laughs> oh, thank you, the day master when he chose me. He ordained me. He did it, the one that's got all power. And we're going by what these folks say. And they're not even right. Cheating on your wife, doing all kind of stuff, getting drunk. I got to trust God. I can't trust man. And his word said this, put no trust in man. Are you going to walk by faith and minister? Are you going to walk by faith and teach the word of God? Are you going to walk by faith and prophesy? Are you going to walk by faith and love folks? Are you going to walk by faith and be a giver? But many days I looked at my situation and, 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 and I would look at it and it said to me, 
Hey, if you give that hundred dollars to them, look here, you ain't gonna make it this week. I go right on and give it. Why? I'm giving it unto God. And he loves a cheerful giver. Let me tell you something. Yesterday I didn't really have it. But I I, I needed to pay something to the church. And I did it by faith. And when I tell you, God moved on it. Sometimes the enemy and your flesh will show you, you're going to pay them tithes and offering and, and you got this. Oh, you finna lose that car. Oh, you oh you 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 finna go in foreclosure on your mortgage. Well, I'm gonna just have to go in it because I'm gonna pay my tithes and offerings and I'm gonna give something extra over him because he loves a cheerful giver. And when my ways please him, there's nothing he will not do for me. I believe in that. I believe in giving to God first, and he's gonna make sure you're good. I promise you that. Now, you give the Lord $100, I'm not going to tell you he's going to give you $200 million. That's not what I'm saying. I want you to get it twisted. And he could now, if it's his will. But if you give God $100, many times he's going to double that. Sometimes he'll bring that back a hundredfold. Yeah. He's that kind of God. So we got to wait on him, though. Wait, 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 wait. But in paying them tithes and offering, you can prove him today. He'll open up the windows of heaven, pour your blessings you don't have room enough to receive. And some people think it's always going to be money. Sometimes he'll bring healing. Sometimes he'll stop your child from drowning. He'll stop your child from committing suicide. Sometimes he'll keep your marriage together. Sometimes he'll let your wife or husband divorce you because it's not good. You you don't see the whole picture. You don't really know who these people are, and he's staring you. But but it's up to us what we accept and let go and, and, and see God in. Eight says, are he that exhorteth or exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. We got all these things to take care of. I want to lift you up. I want to encourage you. I don't want to make you feel down and out. I want to let you know God is who he says he is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are we seeking God? Are we seeking stuff and things? Are we seeking God or are we outside of his will seeking what the world got? Or do you want what your neighbor got? Because what they got looks better than what you got. Are you cheerful? Are you a cheerful gift? Do you have integrity? Who you choose to help? Are you judging folks? Are you looking down on people without looking down so you're reaching your hand down to pull them up? What's going on? All of these things represent the believer. It's teaching the believer. It's teaching the people of God, the true Christian. It's teaching the saints of God. Are he that exhorted? He that lift you up? 
on exhortation. When you come to me with the nonsense, yeah, I'm this and I, you know, I'm not that. You know, I, look here, I got to find a way to lift you up. I can't let you stay there if I can help it. He that giveth, what you giving? But folks think it's always got to be money. But when we give money, God bless it because of this. Most people, they don't like giving up that money. What? You're giving that money to, oh, no. And we like to give money in the wrong places. I'm just telling you the truth. We like to give money to people that don't really, they're not really studying us. That all that talk. But we like to give over there. Let them do it with simplicity. I'm going to do it humbly and cheerfully when I do my giving. And when I help folks, I'm glad to help them, unless they give me a reason not to. And when I say a reason not to, if they're doing something that's not according to God's word, it, it makes me don't want to do it. It makes me not do it in many cases, because he won't allow it. He that ruleth with diligence. I got to stay faithful. I, I, I can't help how to cut going come. I was off for them few weeks, and boy, look at here. I was concerned about everybody. I couldn't see the phone numbers every morning. Yeah. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. I'm glad to do it. I'm happy to show mercy. Many times I know the person didn't really mean that. They was angry at the time, and they said some things that they didn't mean because they was angry. But he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Oh, I know you. I know you cut up. Uh, come on here. We ain't gonna even worry about that no more. I don't even want to talk about that. You said all your big talk, but while you was talking big, I, I knew you was weak as water. Go ahead on round the corner. <laughs> Wash your hands and your face. You'll be all right. Verse 9 says, let love be without dissimulation. Abba that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Let love be without dissimulation. I got to hang out with you if I love you at some point. It might be online. Every blue moon, I got to send you an email, a text, or see you something on that. I don't go to people's pages on Facebook. That's just not me, but... If I haven't seen you in a minute, you know, I might run over there on Facebook and look to see if you're all right. Simulation. Yeah. Because we kind of similar to each other anyway. You know, you love the Lord, I love him. We believe, you know, the word of God. You know, we believe in prayer, speaking in tongues, you know, healing, uh, the, the blind, sin, the lame, walk, the dead. Yeah, we, we, we walk in that same path. We believe wide is the road that lead to destruction and it's crowded. But narrow is the road that leads to God and few there be. It's not a whole lot of people on that road. You know. So we're similar somewhat. All of that which is evil. I got to go away from that which is evil. I can't stay. I can't hang. Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with evil. But I got to cleave to that which is good. I want to cleave to prayer. I want to cleave to the word. 
I want to cleave to faith. I want to cleave to believe in God, trust in God. I want to cleave to being a cheerful giver. I want to cleave to having mercy for others. And I want to be diligent in all that I do, and I've got the name God attached to it. Attached to it. 10 says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Yeah. I got to love Louis. I got to love Boatwright. Look here, I got to love everybody. That's what he said to do. I'm not talking about what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what they said. I'm saying what he said. And I can't love you because of what you do for me. And I can't love you because, see, uh, we agree. I got to love you if we disagree. I got to love you if you hate me. But he said, let let love be without dissimulation. Out of that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Ten says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Now, now this, is, this is the church. This is the true believer, the true Christian that's following Christ, not, not because of what he can do, but because God is love and, and he has blessed us and we love his son. This is for the saints of God, them that fast and pray, and, and sometimes it be days, they and shut in for days. You have to send a little note through somebody, hey, uh, tell the intercessor so-and-so. Brotherly love. Anybody love their brother? I got two. And that youngest one, I'm in the middle. That youngest boy, some days I just want to just snatch him up and shake him every which way but loose and then oil him down and say, Lord, anoint him. After I done shook him up good. <laughs> and look, sometimes he'd be so surprised because he know me now. We came up in the, in the same house. <laughs> He'll do some crazy stuff, y'all. I didn't go hide. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. You done did crazy. Come on out. Come on out and face your craziness. That's my brother. Biological. He said, affectioned one to another with brotherly love. He's talking to us. We related through Jesus Christ. We're joint heirs with him and through him. So you my brother, you my sister, I'm supposed to love you, honor preferring you. I'm not supposed to uh, uh, prefer Teresa down the street there with all that cussing and weed smoking and pot. Now, I can't prefer her. I got to prefer my sister in Christ, my brother in Christ. Now, that's his word. That's not mine. You got to take it up with him. I'm just telling you what he said. Romans chapter 12, read it for yourself. That, that was verse 10. But just read that whole thing and you're going you're gonna to see what I'm saying. He said it first. 11 says, not slopeness in business. Not slopeness in business. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. If I had a position inside the house of God like that, 
I can't be slow. On Sunday, I got to be there before everybody else. I'll probably be there before the pastor get there. I'll probably be sitting in the parking lot when they pull up to turn the key to open the door. That That's winter, summer, spring, or fall, a uh, uh, rain and sleet, snow, or hail. Not slow for in business. And if I had a a, 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 a a natural business, I would be the same way because I got to treat my customers right. I got to be there. If they come and complain about one thing, I got to straighten that out. Bourbon and spirit. I want the Lord to rule and reign. I don't want my mouth to rule and reign. I want God to take control and have your way, Lord. Serving the Lord. Everything we do, we should be serving God. That's where we fall short, too. Everything we're doing, we're not serving God. Some of this stuff, we're serving the devil, and we're serving our flesh. Not sloping business, bourbon and spirit, serving the Lord. Twelve says rejoicing in hope. Here they go, here go that big word. Patient in tribulation, patient in tribulation. You're going to have some trials. Our trials come to make us strong. We're going to go through some things, but we got to hope. We got to have hope. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We got to believe God that it's going to take place. It's going to get better. And we got to wait on him. You're going to lose mama. You might lose dad. You might lose a sister, but a child. They might put you off that job. They may give you your walking paper. You may apply for unemployment and can't get it for a while and not get it at all. You may lose your house. You may lose your car. Hope. You still need hope. And you need to wait on God. Patient in tribulation. You need to wait on him. Now look what that last little part said. I'm going to go on and do a little skip right there. Continuing instant in prayer. Every time that thing come up to you, he find me, Lord. I'm going to pray to him. I, 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 look here. When I tell Jerry about Jerry, they fired me, but I told the Lord about it. Lord, help me today. Instant. Continuing instant in prayer. At the, at the drop of a second. If it come up to me, I'm going to pray right there. Lord, help me strengthen me. Lord, keep my mind off. Help me, Lord, to wait on you. Strengthen me to wait on you. Because we need strength in everything. You need strength to love your neighbors. Did you know that? You need strength to study the word. Because something always going to come up in something. You need strength to pray. Something always going to come up. It is five minutes to 12. The devil done let it went on five to five minutes to 12. Noonday. Here he comes and trying to bring a big whirlwind so that I won't pray at 12 o'clock. Well, whirlwind, you got to wait because it's 12 o'clock and it's time to pray. Patience and tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. But the first part says rejoicing in hope. You can be happy, hoping, and waiting on the Lord. I am. I, most times, though, I let it go. He done did so much for me. I know he didn't bring me this far to leave me. All that he done did, come on, Barbara. Come on now. A lot of things be going on. People wouldn't wouldn't believe it. I, I don't have time for it. 
Great is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. I don't have time for it because guess what? The earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. I belong to him. He's going to take care of it. And if he don't take care of it, I'm still going to let it go because guess what? Whatever it is, it won't kill me. And a lot of times we, we hyped up on what people are going to say. Oh, I can't let her, I can't let my lights get cut off. Child, they're going to say, oh, she ain't pay her light, then her lights off. Honey, you can know mine off when they, if they ever get off, you can know they off, and I'm going to have a candlelight service. I'm not playing. You done heard me say that plenty of times, and I mean it. I don't have no food. I'm asking somebody, Louis, look here. I, I don't got nothing over here. Uh, can I get a bologna sandwich? <laughs> can I get a 99? Well, it might be a dollar twenty-five now. Dollar twenty-five cent pack of, of that thick garlic bologna from Save a Lot. And Louis, let me get about two dollars and maybe eighty cents. Let me get a loaf of that old Save a Lot bread. I don't even need no mayonnaise or nothing on the sandwich. No lettuce, no tomato, nothing. I just eat bologna and bread. Somebody going to know. I'm telling somebody that society can help me. They done diagnosed me with some crazy stuff. Hey, intercessors. They done diagnosed me with this. I need some prayer. I need you praying on this. I, I, I can't hide it. Yeah. Rejoicing in hope. <coughs> Excuse me. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Where your prayer lies. I told my house guests, because they was looking at me crazy, uh, talking about something. I'm praying, because whatever it is, y'all are going to lose focus, you know. And they looked at me, and I had to explain to them, I said, look, I'm not ignoring nobody. I said, but I'm talking to you, and and many times I'm praying too. And not necessarily for you or the conversation we having, because sometimes God will bring somebody else up in your spirit. And you begin to pray for them, right? That You ain't got to move your lips. You're praying from your heart. Hallelujah. 13 says, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving the hospitality. Is anybody going to do it? Is anybody going to go over there and see about Sister Jones when she got some troubles over there? Anybody going to carry some food over there to the folks that lost a loved one before the repast? Because you're close. Anybody going to take six sodas over there and maybe a half a cake or something? Anybody going to make a one-pot meal and take that up? I'm from the South. This is what we do. Take a one-pot meal. Make the goulash and take that over there and, and stop and get a roll of French bread. Or get the French bread and cut it up and spray some butter on it and, and, and some garlic and, and take that goulash over there and, and, and tell the Lord thank you. You're praying as you're cooking, sort of stretch. So they even have, when they, when other people come, not just the family, they're able to give other people a plate of food. Because sometimes people get off the job and come straight over there to see about the family. They had time for them. So when they get there, because we're distributing to the necessity of saints, given the hospitality, hey, it's something over there for you to eat. And nobody's talking about nobody. I know y'all remember a few weeks back I told you my friend lost her son, her oldest son. And I didn't get over there until that next week. Yeah. Or that Sunday. 
I think it was the next week, that Sunday. When I got over there, she done cooked Sunday dinner and got some of everything under the sun over there. All kind of cakes. And she had a tray of crab, a big pan of crab from it with the corn and the sausage, you know, and all that in it for me. Yeah. And uh, when I left that, I left there with some food, y'all hear me? So she gave me a portion for myself to bring home. She said, we had so much food. I had to freeze some of it to, to give to some neighbors three or four blocks over who got a whole bunch of kids. I said, get out of here. But you're looking out for one another. She 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 belonged to uh, Zion Hope. I think that's the name. Of it. Yeah, Zion Hope in Jacksonville on Edgewood. So we are sisters and we're friends. Before, when we was in the world, we were good friends, but now we sisters in Christ. Anything got to do with her and anything got to do with me from her, we try to bless one another. I got a pair of shoes out there in the truck right now. The next time I go to Jacksonville, I got to drop them off to her because they, they can't fit me, but they are her size. Distributing to the necessity of saints. If you need something and I got it. If you need me to come over there and house sit, I've had people tell me, hey, hey, look here, can you sit with them for an hour? Just sit with them. All we go, all they're going to do is sit right here, and in an hour, so-and-so is going to come and get them. In an hour, I'll be back. I can do that. But y'all know I love children. I used to tell people I can't stand them. Don't bring no child near me. <laughs> And they say, yeah, I don't need to bring them near you because when they leave, they're so spoiled. I, I may have to get that butt when they leave you because I'm not going to do what you do for them. The grandmama, the great-grandmama, they're not who they used to be anymore. They're older now. And so all they needed was somebody to sit there till John Brown got off work or until Bessie got off work, you know. You had to feed them, change them. You had to do none of that. Just sit there and laugh and talk with them. And a lot of people didn't want me to go, especially older people. They didn't want me to leave. Rose Brown aunt, Miss Pye. Boy, that Miss Pye loved me. Yes, she did. I got to give it to her. They would be in there talking to anybody. She could see anybody come, the nurses. in it. When she was sitting, Barbara, uh-huh, her face would light up. That woman knew the truth when she saw it. Who loved her? We had to be related for me to love you. God sent me. I had to go do my job. Verse 14 says, bless them which persecute you. Oh, boy, wait a minute now. Bless and not curse. Oh, wait, Barbara, wait. Because as soon as somebody do something to us, the first thing we say, oh, God going to get them. Don't worry about it. No, God may not get them like that. <laughs> And we shouldn't hope and want him to get them like that. Yeah. Bless them that persecute you. Don't speak no evil on them. I know people have made me so mad. I wanted to shake them. Couldn't touch them. Had to pray a good prayer for them. <laughs> Couldn't pray nothing evil against them people. I got to love them. I got to be like Jesus. And what Jesus knew is that they don't know what they're doing. 
And the first one without sin again this morning, cast the first stone. The first one ain't never did nobody wrong, ain't never did no wrong. You be the first one to throw the stone. We got to get there. I'm working on it. 15 says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Huh? You got that house, I'm happy. You got that car, I'm happy. Oh, you got a promotion on the job, I'm happy. You get married, I'm happy. Girl, your husband and bought you another ring. I'm happy for you. Yeah, that first time he bought that too. <laughs> now this is a four. Huh? I'm rejoicing because you're doing something right. He loved you. And he's keeping the respect for his wife. You know how women talk. They ain't going to do it around the man. You know, she may walk by me and twinkle a finger, you know, so I can see. <laughs> he might be sitting with us at the table, you know, sitting with us. And we can't talk like we want to because he's there, you know. The girl talks. So she just walked by and just wiggle her fingers. And when I look, ooh, but I can't let him know I saw it, you know what I'm saying. Or that she's showing it to me undercover. Yeah. But I thank God that he's teaching us. He is teaching us how to behave. He is teaching us how to walk as the coming of holy. How to walk as the coming of him. He said this is how the world going to know that we are of him. For the love we have one for another. When your son joined the military and he ranking good, I got to rejoice with you. When your daughter come home and say, Mama, they did this and that to me on the job and it hurt the mama too. We all crying over that. Or whatever the case may be. The husband say he going to leave us. We all over there crying, praying and crying, praying and crying. Lord, fix this if it be your will. We believe you put them together, but you put together, let no man take a Sunday. Even the husband, don't let him take a Sunday to what you put together. You put him and her together, you see. We all over there crying and snotting and carrying, and carrying on. Love one another. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Back up to 14, bless them which persecute you, and bless and not curse. 16 says, be of the same mind one towards another. I might fall out with Jerry. She make me mad over there. I might want to push her down, but I can't. Because we are of the same mind in, in different things. Mind not high things, it says. Mind not high things. You know, uh, 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 some people just got to have it all. Everything got to be quality. Everything got to be name brand. And, uh, you know, everything got to cost money. Because these people, it, it's not where they come from, but they trying to show the world is where they come from. Mind not high things. I go to Walmart. I, I don't fool with a Target. Now, I do enjoy Publix. Sion is where shopping is a pleasure. <laughs> but I go to Winn-Dixie. 
I go to Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, Dollar General. Yeah, all the dollar stores. I'm not high-minded. I don't have to have name brand everything. Some things I use is not quality. I have to replace it just a little bit more often, but I don't have to place it as often because I don't use it as much. But now those things that I use on a regular so that they will last longer, I need a quality something. There are certain shoes of quality I wear because they're going to last. I I, I love Payless, and I had a closet full of Payless shoes, but I could only wear them two or three times, then I got to let them rest for six months and then try and wear it again. But I don't want to be high-minded, mind not high things. I don't want to be of that all about stuff and things, or you know me by my brand, and I don't wear nothing but the best. I'm not with the foolishness, and I don't believe in wasting money. Somebody can pay a bill with that that I'm spending on them expensive shoes that I didn't have to buy that pair that cost that much. I could have got a pair look just as good for less. I'm in ministry. Be condescend to men of lower state. Be not wise in your own conceit. Look at that. If I see you down, I I, got to lift you up. And you know what? Even if you're not professing Jesus, I still want to encourage you in some kind of way. And I can because we're human. Haven't always been saved. Haven't always been filled with the spirit. Haven't always been an evangelist, a minister. Mm Mm-mm. I was a sinner saved by grace, you hear me? So many times I have to remember where I come from and how how would I want people to treat me? And then the scripture says, in loving kindness have I drawn thee. A lot of people came to God because I was kind to them. I didn't condemn them on the fox spot. You're going to hell right here and right now. It's open up. All I got to do is push you a little bit. You're falling straight in the hell. I know. Uh-uh. That's not the way. (laughs) Yeah. But we want to encourage those of lower state. Be not wise in your own conceits. See, because you you, you don't got conceited and you messed up and you think it's hip and smart what you did. No, no, don't do that. We're talking to the church. I ain't talking about to the building because each one of us, we are the church. I'm going to go to this last one right in the anymore. I'm going to go to this last one, 17, and I'm going to open the studio. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Don't do evil for evil. They talked about me. I'm going to talk about them. They came over here and did this. I'm going to go over there and do that. Or I'm not going to do that. I was going to do this for them. I'm not going to do that. No, we're in the church. We are the church. We brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to love each other and forgive each other. Not tit for tat. Whatever I do for you, it should be from my heart. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. What I give to you, that's what I want to give you. If I don't want to give it, I'm not going to give it to you. And if it's raggedy, I can't use it, I'm not giving that to you. Yeah, I've had women come in the closet with me. They go, oh, I said, girl, that's raggedy. You don't want that. Oh, it's not raggedy to me. 
I said, you really want that? Yeah, I want that. I give it to him. But I didn't intentionally on purpose uh, set it out so they could see it and get it. Because I got the raggedy stuff pushed in the back all the way, you know. And the good stuff right here. Don't you see all this good stuff? A lot of it with tags on it. Get the stuff with the tags on it that you like. I like it all. Well, take it off. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I got one more, one more, and then we're going to be done. One more. 18 says, if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. If it's in us, if it's possible and we can do it, it's in us, live peaceably with all men. I'm not going to fight no Muslim woman. I'm not going to talk about a lot of her, a bean pie. A pork shop, I'm not talking about any of that with her. Now, we can talk about that garb she got on, because I like that kind of thing, head all covered. And I've seen some so smooth, and I said, boy, look at them women now, they dressed to the nine. I mean, that thing long and flowing. Yeah. Some of them have no makeup on, but they have their little lashes on. And they don't, they're not looking like horse lashes now, but the face is natural. They got up and washed their face and, and moisturized it and went on about their business. They clean head to toe. Yeah. Hallelujah. Live peaceably with all men it, it, as much as it lies in you. Because, you know, sometimes uh, folks of different religions can be talking some foolishness. And when they say something about Jesus, you know, it'll, 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 it'll touch your nerve. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here because, see, I want to go on down to 21. And I said 17, then went to 18. But y'all read it all. It's teaching us some things. And let's don't be overcome with evil, but let's overcome evil with good. When they give us. Let's let's give them some bread. Yeah, they they giving me stone. Let's give them a little butter on the bread. Make it taste better for them. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Good morning, my seven oh eight. God bless. You. All right, now a uh, 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 brother DJ showing out this morning. I was wondering when I was gonna see it. You're showing out right there, brother D. God bless you this morning, man. God bless you. I see you, brother Jermaine. God bless you this morning, too. And um, as soon as you're free, just get with me and let me know what we're going to do. Yeah. And it's all right this morning. Good morning, Sister Samoa. Brother Anthony, God bless y'all this morning. And uh, Sister Sion and uh, Sister Andrea Stenner, Minister Shonda, God bless you this morning. Sister Irene, God bless you. I heard your uh, text went off on the phone. I had to laugh a little bit. Good morning to your sister, Dorothy Goodman. God bless you. Such a wonderful job you're doing over there in that prayer group. Don't change nothing. Dear sister, don't do it. Wonderful words every day of scripture. That's a blessing. God bless you this morning. Good morning to your sister, Jerry. God bless you. I thank God for your beautiful prayer over in that prayer club. Now, and Sister Irene, wonderful prayer, wonderful prayer this morning. Over Because, see, we consecrated that prayer room. That only prayer would go through there. No matter what time of day people go come through, prayer is there. But I'm only one person, so I wasn't always able to pray every day. 
you know, but with others coming on board who can pray, you know, everybody who can pray, pray every day. And we pray for one another in the prayer club. So that's what I want, a constant flowing of prayers over there. Yeah, praying for healing. You might ride out on healing. This one over here may ride out on finances. <clears throat> that one over there may ride out on those locked up in the family or whatever. However you do it. Yeah. But we want prayers to flow. Yeah. Good morning to your brother Louis. God bless you, the main man this morning, holding that chat room down. Thought I was going to forget you, didn't you? <laughs> Good morning, Apostle Boatwright. God bless you this morning. I got to pull that roll call out. And Sister Mary Ann, God bless you this morning. I got your prayer request. And uh, I began to pray last night. And I just thank God that I'm able to pray anytime. Yeah, it don't have to be no special place or none of that. But I tell you, uh, I'm looking to get me a humongous cushion. And I want to put my cushion down and I want to lay on my cushion and on my knees and just pray. Cover my head and just go to town. Yeah, praying. Yeah, because I can I can get lost in prayer. I can. I can get lost in praying, forget, and just keep talking to him. Not particularly asking for anything, but, you know, just constantly talking to him. Because he, all right now, 267, I'm coming at you right now, 267-968. Good morning, God bless you. How are you? Good morning, God, Mama. Hey, you know what, Laura, don't spank you, God, Mama. Yeah, I'm always giving it to Brother Anthony or Sister Simon, and I forget you in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that was me on here yesterday, too, but I think you thought it was somebody else. I did. I called Anthony Asimor. I sure did. Laura, baby. It's okay. How are you? I am blessed. I cannot complain. Hi, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah. They doing well. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. I good. came on um, after I dropped Mason off at school, so I was listening to the scripture, but I didn't get the scripture. Can you tell me where, what's the scripture from? What book? That's Romans chapter 12. Okay, Romans chapter 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter You're so welcome. And uh, I thank you for keeping in touch while I was on my little staycation. And I, I and let me tell you, many days I couldn't do it, but I sure wanted to. God, mama, I'm listening to the podcast of this and that. And I'm not going to even ask her today what's the title of that message. Because I'll be done put everything down and over there listening and hollering. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, brother. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Laura. No, I'm sorry. No, I was saying it was good. When you're not the one, I listened to the podcast. I think I was listening to the one. It was like March 16th of 2021. Oh, you're going to make me go there. Now I got to go there. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm going to write that down, Laura. March 16th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go take a listen to that. 2021. Okay, March. I think it's the one you had, Bishop Samuel. Was that who it was? Bishop Samuel. It what, might have what? been. Okay, I'll take a look. I'll take a but look. But it was good. Good. I I I find that 
find the one you're talking about, Laura, and I'm going to go ahead and enjoy it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I like all this. Okay, because you know what? Sometimes other people tell me that too. Hey, I said, well, I'm listening to so-and-so and so-and, and this is the title of it or this the date of it. And uh, I said, well, look, let me pull it up right quick. Now, I wasn't intending to go back in there and listen to this today because I'm, I'm busy. But many days <laughs> I have gone back to take a listen, and then I be screaming and hollering. I don't know about it. Can you hear me? Shonda said, yes, I got Koozie. Okay, Minister Shonda. All right, God bless you. Yeah, I uh, Shonda said, could. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on one minute, y'all. All right. Now, you know From what? Shonda, sorry, just saw. Oh, okay, okay. I understand. I understand you just saw the uh, the message I sent to you about the songs and the prayer and the scripture. Uh, uh, Brother Lewis' grandson named Mason, too, uh, Laura. Oh, and, really? Uh, uh-huh, before he was born, and then, well, once he was born, uh, Brother Lewis sent me pictures, and then when I knew anything, he had grew up, and I, I think, did I have, where I had him, Brother Lewis, over there on the website a long time, and uh, he would be fishing, have his little fishing stuff, and yeah, Mr. Mason. Oh. Uh-huh. I love that name. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead, oh, Lord. I'm sorry. No, I said I love that name. Mm-hmm. I call him Deacon Mason. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice name. I like it, too. I like it, too. Yeah, that's a nice name. And uh, thank you, Sister Spinner. I got your message you could hear. And, uh, Minister Shonda, I know you got the message. You saw the message late. But I thank God this morning for each and every caller. And right quick, right quick, right quick, I got my uh, roll call. I knew where I put it. I just couldn't get to it that quick yesterday because I've been shredding papers and uh, trying to get the office out a little bit. So I knew it was up there under some more stuff that's got to be cleaned out. But good morning to you, uh, Sister Melanie Rose and Sister Angela in California. Again, my God, baby, Sister Laura, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah, Alexis, and uh, Sister Michelle, uh, Sister Andrea Spinham. Good morning to you. God bless you again. And Sister Andrea in Philadelphia, Sister Keisha, and Sister Rita. Again, Sister Sion and Sister Diane and uh, Sister Sylvia Joe Jones, Sister Sharon Slayton. God bless you, Sharon. I thank God for you, woman. I thank God for you. And um, wait a minute. We're going to get back. Oh, Sister Kim Hobbs. Yeah, I need to call them to check on them again. And um, Sister Irene again, Sister Lisa, Sister Yvonne. Again, our own pastor, Claudia Boatwright. Wait a minute. Hold on, y'all. And I got to move this where I can really see. Because, you know, I can't remember all the names. But Anthony Brown here trying to remember all the names. I couldn't even do that. I had to have my list. <laughs> and uh, good morning to you. I think that's all the sisters. If I miss anybody, please forgive me. Please forgive me. And again, good morning. Oh, Sister Angela Foote and Sister Annalise Foote. I must be losing my mind. 
And I was thinking about you today, Sister Angela, so I'll probably call you later on and check on you. Hadn't heard from me in a few minutes, and I know she'll be working. Yeah. God bless you all. Good morning to you, Brother Casper Hamilton. And uh, again, to that main man holding that chat room down, Brother Lewis. Good morning to you, Brother Jermaine, Brother Anthony, Brother D, and uh, Brother Mike Hop, Brother George West Perry, Brother Lee Hamilton, uh, Brother Cal, Brother Justin Gilmore. That's who be praying, Brother Gilmore. Yeah, I got in on the prayer the other day, and I, I reposted it. Uh, Brother Frank, Brother Marquez Griffin, and uh, did I call all the men? I think I called all the men. Oh, bro, uh-uh, Pastor David Jackson, my buddy. Good morning, sir. Good morning. God bless you. And uh, I don't know if he's here this morning. I, didn't, I don't think I saw his number, but still good morning to you, sir. And God bless you, and I thank God for you. And uh, we continue to pray for him and his family, his mom and his sisters. Uh, we keep them lifted in prayer. And y'all keep uh, Prophetess uh, Coretta Montgomery, keep her lifted in prayer for me here, her and Sister Sylvia Joe Jones. Intercessors, I really need y'all on that for me, please. Yeah, I'm praying for them, and I have a few other uh, people in prayer for them. So we know God is able, and we know that he will see us through. We just got to trust him. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing in this hour. We trust in God and waiting on him. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. It's not going to be all right, right? It is already all right. And uh, Sister Dot, I got all kind of cards over here. And uh, I got my cards in a stack with my rubber band around them. And um, I got to pull out my Christmas card because it's getting close to the Christmas holiday. We almost have in Thanksgiving. That time, no, it rolls by really fast in my book. And so um, this year, too, I want to mention this. How much time we got? Oh, we got a few minutes. This year, I want to uh, give out some Thanksgiving bags. And I, I, I'm not sure if I'll be able to give out turkeys unless John gets some. And he every turkey I buy, he gives me a turkey. So unless that happens, I don't know. But I'd like to give out Thanksgiving bags this year, you know, <clears throat> and put some Thanksgiving uh, food in there that, you know, that people can have for their Thanksgiving dinner. Because I, I, they told me turkey's going to be a little bit expensive this year and yada yada, and they may not have enough. And I'll, I'm not worried about all of that. If, the, if it be the will of God, he'll stretch a turkey. Yeah, he's able to do it. <laughs> all power. And guess what, uh, Laura, Mr. Mason, but Louis grandson, he 11 years old now. Oh, he 11? Wow. Uh-huh, he's 11. That time went by fast, Louis. Mason, nine. So they close in age. Yeah, two years. They close in age. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Yes, Lord. Is there anyone else have something they would like to say this morning? If so, feel free to press that number one and come in today. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah, Pastor David, yeah. See on. You're down there. <laughs> God bless you, sir. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm excited and happy. And this year, I, 
I want to cook. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, but I want to. And then for Christmas, I would like to cook and be here for Christmas, but I'm not sure. You know, I might um, go to the island, and if I'm able to go, then I'm going to have me a good time. And I go from house to house praying with folks and house to house, you know, sharing the word of God because of the people that I know there. They know everybody there. They, they, they've been there all their life. You know, they got their home there. And their children grew up there and all of that kind of thing. And so I would love to go and see it and pull mangoes off a tree, some coconuts and different things. And the fish and all of that. The, is the saltfish, 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 one of them. But y'all know I like that good fried fish. <laughs> Can't have it, but love it. Yeah, and so we just thank God for his word this morning, and uh, if no one else have anything to say, I will pray us out, and uh, what, where you shot the turkey at, Brother Lewis? Come on now, stop it, I say. Where you shot a turkey? Come on, he shot the first turkey of the season. Where you shot it out of Publix or where? <laughs> and then he might have really shot a turkey. I knew it. I knew it. Look at my shot my first turkey of the season. It scared the people at public. I knew it was at a grocery store. I know he went out there turkey hunting. <laughs> and it's oh, and guess what? I'm almost through with my dinner. A little bit more. And I'll be done with my dinner. Yeah. Finally, finally. It took a while, but I'm 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 about to be straight, sister Dot. Skinning and grinning, yeah, yeah. I started to put an open face. I said, "Don't do it, Bobby. You, you don't need no little thin gold around no teeth. Leave that alone." Yeah. So I'm gonna just, you know, get what I get, and it'll be all right. He said they freaked out. Somebody scared the people at public. Yeah, I know you got your first turkey to see. Ain't nobody shoot no turkey. Yes, sir. But all right, we're going to pray out, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And we should have uh, Sister Carol Spain tomorrow. Yeah, she should be coming and sharing. Mean, that girl, they get together. I have to be careful because we're church a while. Oh, yeah, we will. We're church a while. So uh, she should be coming in the morning as our guest and live, and so we just go see how the Lord used her tomorrow, yeah, in her testimony. So, all right, we'll pray out, and again, we pray God bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for every caller and every listener, and Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for these faithful few. Thank you for their love for me, God. Thank you for their friendship. I give you glory, honor, and praise. And, Father, as we depart this morning, I ask that you would bless each and every one of them. Bless those that are coming through the archives. Father, meet the need in their lives today according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. We touch and agree this morning and ask the Lord you would give their heart's desires. You know what they truly desire. God, you know what truly makes them happy. And we ask that you would move this morning 
in a mighty way for your people, uncommon blessings, uncommon miracles. And Father, I ask that you would shower them down with money. Oh yeah, money makes them happy. Money makes them glad. Do it for your glory today. In the name of Jesus, we give you honor and praise and we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, we're asking it all, Father. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, November the 3rd, 2022, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're going to our last song of the morning. And uh, after this song, I won't be coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you. Got it again, didn't I? 